Welcome to the LifeCast. We believe an extraordinary life is within everyone's reach. By interviewing leaders of all different backgrounds and having challenging open conversations, we aim to fulfill our mission and purpose of helping individuals save years of frustration and struggle, regain clarity and focus to take what was once a wish or a dream and make it their reality. There may be explicit words or conversational topics in this podcast, so if you are underage or listening with a child, please be aware of this. Lastly, please note that all the views, beliefs, and opinions are not always a representation of the hosts. Let's jump in. So We're live, uh, man. We are live. Live and direct. Yep, with Giorgio Peviani. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, so, That's a um, funny video. I, uh, I want to talk about an interesting idea today, and that idea has everything to do with misconceptions okay. that we may have as well as things that we're no longer aware of, mm. right? So I posted this thing on my Facebook and it was all about what are some, you know, things that, you know, you feel that this generation no longer knows or, you know, doesn't, isn't aware of anymore like, okay. and what they should learn. Okay. And uh, so I was like, you know, I was thinking of like changing a tire, learning how to drive a stick shift, yeah. And then people were saying some crazy stuff, and I hope I can find this because. And I remember we were talking about it last week a little bit, and you were yeah. you were talking about like daily living skills that dude you're gonna record on Facebook. Yes. So you know, God forbid, your kids could watch it one day if you weren't there. You know. Yeah. So check this out, right? All so right. I don't have it in front of me. I can't find it, but these are some of the ones that stuck out to me. Okay. All right. First. Um, was I had this guy who just graduated high school or uh -huh. not high school, sorry, college. Yeah. And uh, his comment was very funny. It was, hey, um, I think it's important to teach young individuals about learning how to have eye contact when having a conversation. And I was like, man, that to me seems second nature. That's interesting. So, and, and he's in his early 20s. Yeah, I can um, see it though. Yeah. You then know. another one that stood out to me was um, teaching a young young person how to mail something in the mail correctly. And I was like, you're kidding me. Like, so this was That's like a, scary. It's scary. But on the other hand, I'm like, do they really still need to know that? Like how long will the postal service be around? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's gotta be in, in, yeah, forever at some capacity. Yeah. At so, some capacity. But isn't that crazy? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, and then a high school teacher of mine commented, and she was my math teacher, shout out to Sherry Warner. Um, she was like, um, like basically something, something to the gist of, recognizing something and then acting on that so like recognizing the problem mm -hmm. figuring out you know that what you can do and Solution. then doing it yeah it's like that's interesting right basically problem solving skills yeah like they teach you okay. in math class okay and then um what was another one um learning how to iron a shirt right that was pretty interesting okay but uh, the reason i'm bringing this up is because what I think is the one of the biggest skills that most people don't know is sales. Couldn't agree with you more. Right. And the reason I say that is because you and I and everybody in the world are selling something. Always. All day, every day. Yep. And that commodity that we're selling is ourselves, our reputation, our are we opening ourselves up to potential opportunities or are we closing the door? You know, and, and it's so funny because, you know, for me, 
Um, I've been in a life of sales. And what I mean by that is is through my career professionally, I've right. always been in sales. I mean, personally, I've always been in sales. I get, I had fun with it. And I think a lot of the problems, in my opinion, mm-hmm. were, when you bring up sales, yeah. what, you know, a lot of time I'll be like, oh, well, what do you want to do? You never hear somebody like, hey, I want to come out of college and I want to do sales. Yeah. Very rare. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, in my opinion, in my experience from having conversations, People don't understand the concept of sales. They think sales, they think, think some used car salesman trying to rip you into some terrible yeah. car with a bad interest rate. Well, here's the easiest way that I ex- explain sales, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of people will understand this. I think that the subconscious um, understanding that we th- of what we think sales is, is we think it's manipulation. Agreed. You know, the salesperson needs to be there in order to push buttons in a way that get people to do things that they you know, create urgency. Yeah. Create or like do that. But like they get people to do things that they don't want to do and for Mm -hmm. the wrong reasons. Yes. Whereas I actually think that true sales is helping people, you know, make a decision or understand their thinking in such a manner that they make the decision that they want, they feel good about, and just you've help them along through the process of self-actualization. I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And, and the big thing I think about when I think about sales, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, one, when it comes to sales, part of it is relationships, right? Right. If, if you're a good salesman, you're yeah. a good person. And what I mean by that yeah. is the number one primary thing whenever you're selling something is you got to understand the other person's need, right? And and that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Understand their need, educate them on what their options are, and then help them get that option. The right. other thing I think is a big, uh, you know, I don't know what I would say, but misunderstanding about sales is you shouldn't be selling something you don't believe in. And that's a big part of where I think a lot of people get a negative stigma on sales yeah. is if you're selling something you don't care about, you're not passionate about, you don't believe in, then yeah. why are you selling it? That's why you feel like a dirt bag, you know? Yeah, that's true. So I think I, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, let me ask you a question. When, when we're talking about sales, yes. for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have, I have like tips and advice. I do coaching with people on sales, right? And I've coached a lot of people when it comes to sales. Um, What is one thing that you feel has helped you in your sales career that would be a tip or a piece of advice you could give to people out there listening? Well, that's interesting. So um, I think this advice is going to be more for the parents out there who have young children. Okay. And for me, the best thing that's helped me in sales is starting early. And like I the my first, I would say, success in sales, I was in band in like seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they had these Little Caesars pizza kits. Oh, yeah. That you need to go sell. This is hilarious. I know a guy who uh, leads one of these campaigns. But yeah, yeah dude. this is good. So like I went door to door in my neighborhood. And granted, I was a chubby little kid. Yeah. Right. So... I love those. You might have hammered kits. a couple little seasons for sure, back man. <laughs> like I love these pizza kits, right? But I could convey that. Same with the way that you know a Boy Scout could convey that about popcorn. The Girl Scouts about the cookies. Yeah, it's an easy product to sell. You believe in it. It tastes good. We're done, right? So I started that, and I like did more on my own than everybody else did collectively. Right. So when delivery came for these freaking pizza kits, we had to go back in school, back and forth to the school 
four or five times with my mom's minivan and then go deliver these freaking things. It was insane. So much fun. But it, so that was one um, experience that really impacted me. So start early. Yeah. So start early, but also like not only just that, right? But like getting excited about money, right? So I didn't make any money with the pizza kits, right? That was kind of like giving back. Yeah. It was for a good cause. Yeah. But I also got excited about making money. So when it would snow, man, I would go, you know, say, hey, can, can I um, shovel your driveway? Can I shovel your driveway? Oh, but yeah. hold on, hold on. I got to backtrack for a second. All right, let's hear so it. So when I first moved to the United States, I was from Belgium. From Belgium, right? So I moved here a week before my fifth birthday. We moved to, um, you know, like in Livonia, Michigan. And uh, great, right? I didn't know anybody, didn't know a lick of English. I watched Barney and Sesame Street to learn English. So I also probably think I watched some Bob Ross. Okay, the reason I say Very this nice. is because my first sale was I drew a picture uh-huh. and then I went to my neighbor's door. I knocked on the door and this is what I said. I was like, please to come in, please to come in, right? Quarter, please, quarter, please. Wow. And I was trying to sell my artwork, <laughs> right? I don't remember if I sold it or not. I'm assuming I did. But yeah, man, just I, I think it, there's this innate instinct for um, human connection that all of us have. The difference is how are we going to take this primal need for community. Mm-hmm. We all share it. Yeah. Okay. We all have this instinct of having communities, I think it's like 40 to 60 and like you know, deep bonds. So my question, I guess, is how do we take that urge and amplify it hmm. when we're younger? Because, sorry that I'm, I keep cutting No, up, no, I, I'm, I, hear, I'm, I know that you I'm got listening. points. So there were these young guys about my age and my brother's age when I was growing up. They lived down the street from me. And they were the quintessential, you know, kids of today where they would stay inside, play video games. But I remember, like, we would all be playing street hockey, right? We would play home run derby, right, by trying to hit the tennis ball on the house across the street. It was great. But um, we would go ask these kids, hey, do you guys want to come out and play? And they would open the freaking door, Al, and they would be squinting because the sun was so bright. Oh, it's brutal. And they hadn't been outside in like a month. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, like... For my advice for parents is say, hey, get your kid out there, socialize them, right? And have them do... Get them comfortable with it. Yeah, get them comfortable with talking to people. Yeah. So big. Yeah, I agree. Because to your point earlier, A, we're all selling something. And and like, you know, I have friends who, um, you know, and everybody has different personality and behavior traits, but... You're kidding me. But Really? But the reality <laughs> is there's people out there who still to this day, I have friends who haven't dated, they're in their deep 30s, and they just have a fear of even selling themselves in the dating arena. You know what I mean? And like that's how it can get to that point if you're not confident or comfortable at least selling yourself, because that's my point. If you're not gonna go sell a product, fine. If you're gonna be, let's just say you're an engineer, at some capacity, you're probably selling your math and your work to your manager at every capacity In order to get the job, you gotta sell yourself. Exactly, you gotta sell yourself in life, period, in in many facets. And that's that's back to what I was saying in the last episode, right? That I think that resumes are no longer gonna be as important as your social footprint. Because that differentiating factor, if you wanna sell yourself to a company, hey, here's my social media, you got full access, take a look. 
this yeah. is who I am. Yeah. And no, and I, I hear you on that. I, yeah. I, I think I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. We're seeing they're completely not used, but I tell your point what you're no, saying. What absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying that. So right now the weight is in the resume, but to get you in the door, to get you in the door, that will always be a piece of something. What I'm saying is that right now you can look at a resume all you want. The problem is there's more and more of the exact same resume showing up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So for the average person, the easiest way to differentiate themselves is by giving people access to their social. Because no, and it's, I agree it's with the that. fastest way to say, hey, this is who I am. Yeah, and I agree Because you can say, that. oh, I was in Boy Scouts back in the day. I'm an Eagle Scout. I've done this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, you can lie on a resume. And who are you now? Right? You know? Yeah, and, and it's, it's such a... Your credentials will always matter. Yes. But it's what's that next level of depth that you can provide? Who is that guy? Right. Like Who how is that can you girl? sell yourself? Yeah. So let me ask you a question. So, well, I guess let me say this first. So number one, yours is, hey, start early, right? Yeah, totally. A- anything else that you think is like a vital element of like, hey, why is sales important? Why is this important to people's life? You know, anything else that you'd give like, hey, this is one of my foundations and what I believe in. Um, yeah, so I also believe in, and, and I, I'm in my dad mode right now, right? I watch my kids all day today. My mother-in-law, who typically watches them, is out of town, and I'm on dad duty. And you should have seen it. Phil, oh, my gosh, Phil, man. Phil came in the office today. He, yeah, he is hammering two, tube cups two of coffee cups of right coffee, now. Man. <laughs> like, these, uh, the kids wouldn't take a nap, right? We, we had to drive around, and just so they would sleep, which is fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, so another thing is I I think that the busier we get, mm-hmm. the less value we place on communication within the home. What does that mean? Number one, a lot of people aren't having family dinners anymore. True. Right? So that used to be a place where you could converse and learn the social dynamics of number one, how respect works, right? With elders and all that other stuff. Um, how to not cut people off, you know, um, listen to listen, not to respond. Yeah. Used to learn that at the kitchen table. But now that's less and less common. But also, um, we also have way higher levels of stress. So a lot of parents these days, it's not just one parent working, the other staying at home anymore. It's both parents working. And in some cases, both parents working multiple jobs. So when they do finally show up to their families, they don't have the energy or the capacity to be fully present. So what does that mean? That means that you know, their kid wants to talk to them and they're doing something else and they don't fully acknowledge the child. They don't actually listen to what the child has to say. They devalue them, right? And just say, hey, this is my house, my rules, shut up. Yeah. And that happens, but my parents, especially my mother, gave me the freedom to converse with her and build that skill. And I think it's so important. Yeah. So start early, but also make your children's voices be validated and valued. And then as you build that trust amongst each other, right? If you value their voice, they will value your voice. There's respect there to right, your point. Totally. It's right? all respect. about respect. Yeah. And once you've built this level of respect, that is not one of like, you know, hey, authoritarian, I think the word is, mm-hmm. where the, your kids just listen to you because you're the boss yeah. or your their parents. Now they listen to you because they respect you. And now there's this beautiful opportunity to coach them. So if they use a word incorrectly, you can say, hey, this is actually how you use that. Or, hey, is this what you're trying to say? Because it came across differently. Like and you're you, coaching them through. Yeah. So it's just a, you just have so much more opportunity if you, if you put those things into place, I believe. Okay. Um, okay. 
And the second, and well, the third, I think, yeah. I guess for me, yep. is now um, be okay with failing. Yeah. And be okay with sticking your neck out there. Yeah, absolutely. Because that, I think I built that muscle when I was a child selling things, but it still sucks. Yeah, nobody wants it. I mean, it's the old yeah. Wayne Gretzky. You know what? What's the Wayne Gretzky? Well, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Or hey, you, you know, you got yeah. to scoot. You got to shoot to score, right? Yeah. Um, and and I think that my ability to talk to people or put myself out there has given me some cool opportunities, right? Yeah. And I've worked with you know founders of Fortune five hundred companies. I've I've worked with you know experts in the network marketing area um, who are were on the Forbes list. Yeah. Right. Like most people just don't ever have that. That interaction, yeah, that, that interaction, coaching. yeah, that access to a higher quality person because they're afraid to try. But I failed so many times at eventually, and even the Tony Robbins thing, yeah, that door opened because I reached out to a guy who was local, yeah, who I know worked for him. Yep, that's how we met. You got to shoot to score, right? I mean, we met that way, yeah, right? I was yeah. like, hey, you email, you this, shot me a message on Facebook, I think. Yeah, so yeah, it's just one of those things. Absolutely, no. What I, about you though? Let's see here. Because we had totally different childhoods. So. Oh, yeah. Um, but I we're mean, both in the same industry, ca- relatively yeah, speaking, it's, right? Yeah, at some capacity. So I think for me, the the first and foremost thing when it comes to sales, right? Right. Um, emotional intelligence. And this has taken me a long time to understand how this works. And what I mean by that. Yeah. What I, I, I mean think that by, never stops, by the way. No, no, absolutely. It's, it, that's a muscle you got to work the rest of your life, and, yes. you, and you're never going to get there. But what I mean by that. Whenever I'm bringing somebody new on or coaching somebody in sales, I tell them, I tell them, get ready. Mm-hmm. One, and you talked about it, failure. Be ready that you're going to get cussed out. You're going to get dropped. Yeah. You're going to get let down. You're going to fail. And that's, that's life, but yeah. that's sales. Mm-hmm. So one, setting expectation that's going to happen so that when it does happen, it doesn't take the wind out of your sails, right? Because right. they always say, okay, one, you're going to have, you know, and let's just shoot it like this. I'll say 33% of the time, you're going to get shut down hard. Yeah. 33% of the time, you're going to be on the fence. And let's hope 34% of the time you get a yes. And it's probably quite opposite. Right. But being prepared for all three of those situations, right? Um, the, the main thing I always say to people is, listen, when you get shot down or when you talk to somebody and they say no i'm Mm -hmm. not concerned about how they feel Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is i'm more concerned about how you feel because if you get shot down and you fail in life and sales and there's so much similarities what's going to happen that 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 delay of when you're able to respond get back up right you know i mean that that's a big part of being aware and being ready to fail so what's interesting you're talking about this coaching right so at the after last podcast when we recorded i was telling you about how I'm using a new medium to generate activity in my business. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, our, um, it's really just using Facebook Messenger and leveraging that tool. Yeah. And what's, here's what's interesting about that. So you, you just mentioned it's so important to understand how you feel. And I didn't understand. So here's kind of the premise. I would message people. And what's great about Facebook is that they show you, excuse me, if somebody's read it. If they haven't read it, it, show, it doesn't show their picture. Now, so they would read it, not respond. I would message them again and say, hey, that was actually meant for you, it wasn't spam. They would read that too and still not respond. Yep. And for me, the frustration was, well, these are like people who I'm friends with on Facebook, quote unquote, yeah. And why would you bother being a friend of mine on Facebook if you don't have the, you know, 
willingness to even respond to my message. This is a great example. Yeah, and it's huge, right? So the way that I was, like, it really bothered me. Yeah. Like, ticked and you, me off. And, and Phil, just so you guys know, we're, we after we got done with the podcast, we go sit in my office and we're talking. He asked me, he goes, what do you think about this? Am I right. taking it too, per-? you know, like, where yeah, am like, I? I mean, I was to the point where I was going to message these yeah. people and say, hey, like, why are we even friends on Facebook? Exactly. Just what, yeah, right? that, and quote, unquote, I think that's what yeah. you said to me. And um, so here's what I learned about it. So it's, again, now that I'm using a different um, approach where it's, here's, the, there's a- absolutely no difference between sending that message on there per se as sending an email. Picking up the phone. It's the same thing. Uh, well, I think, I, I think with the phone, it's a little bit different because if they don't pick up, it's kind of like they didn't see the message. Well, missed call. My point being is you're right. interrupting okay. their life, right? You are right. But I think it's more tied to the email, and here's why. With an email, you're sending a message via a text form, but you don't know if they've seen it or not. And you, because of that like approach, you just know that maybe you're only going to get a hit 2% of the time. But now that I knew that people were seeing this... Because <laughs> it shows you in your thread. Yeah, it's like, mother effer, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. these people are seeing it, and I'm getting ignored. So I was like, is this devaluing me? Am I not worthy? But then I really broke it down. And what really pissed me off was the fact that this is my generation. And these individuals are not responding and all these things. And to tie back into what I started this off with, with that post on Facebook about what people need to learn, there was a friend from high school, okay, that that comments on there. And he's like um, teaching people how to respond to Facebook messages, <laughs> right, in a timely fashion. And and I just and you, had mass, you had messaged him, and I he was one of the guys that I messaged, <laughs> and I just laughed. And um, you know, I was like, man, I can't take this personally. People are busy, and I would want people to understand in my life. And the only reason I'm getting ticked off is because of the fact that I could see that this was happening, whereas with an email, I wouldn't. Yeah, and. Does it bother me that my generation is somewhat like that? Potentially, but what do I really have to score that against? Yeah. But that was the subconscious thing, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. But that all led up to, am I not worthy? Am I not worth somebody's time? And that, you know what? Right? That is so great that you just said that, Phil, because yeah. you have no idea what my second point I was going to say was on, on, tips, don't. on tips that I was going to give to people. Yeah. Have self-worth. It's what so do I mean big, by man. that? What do I mean by that? Now, when I first started getting into actual career sales, yeah. I was over at the University of Phoenix mm-hmm. and you know, I was on the admission side. Right. But when I got into management, one of my interviews, they brought me in, I was before a board of like 10 people, 10 uh, directors. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the biggest thing I learned is this, they do interviews and they do like the mock interviews. So they make you mock one up, yeah. you know, hey, uh, this is, we want to pretend you're coaching and this is your rep and it's actually a director and you got to, you know, yeah. sugar it up. Well, with the worth part, I realized something. The first thing out of this girl's mouth in the interview, and she was a director pretending to be one of my reps. Mm-hmm. Well, they played the audio of a recorded of one of my actual reps. She's pretending to be her. First five seconds, and they'd never seen anybody do this before. And I, I believe this is probably a big portion of why I got the job. Okay. They start the recording and the recording starts... Hey, Phil, this is Alex, and uh, is, is now a good time? Hmm. And I right there, I just hit stop. And yeah. I leaned back in my chair, and I said, how do you feel you did on your introduction? Yeah. 
you know, how do you feel on that intro? How was that? And she's like, well, 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 good. What do you mean? I go, okay, well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. You're about to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Who you've never spoke with before. Okay. You're about to talk about school. Yeah. School is like money. People don't like to talk about it. Yeah. And especially no, no. if you failed at it. Because yes. 90% of the people who are looking at online education either wanted it, they're working mothers, they started in you know some form of college and dropped out or couldn't do it or had you know life happen with a kid, what whatnot. Right. So you're going to instantly go in and then give them an out? Yeah. Is now a good time? Yeah, you can't do no, that. No, it's never a good time. It's yeah. never a good time. And, and you even said it earlier. People are busy, right? People so use, busy. I'm busy yeah. as an excuse for everything. Guess what? We're all busy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well- most of us, I hope. That's one of the reasons why you have to have the burner app if you're in sales. You have three lines that you can call from. I like that. <laughs> Plugged it. Yeah. <laughs> Plugged it. For so sure. when I say value, what I mean is this. You need to value your time. You need to value yourself. Yes. Because, again, it goes back to that emotional intelligence. For me, when I make a phone call, I'm not, hey, hey, hey this is Alex. Right. I'm calling. I'm saying, hey, this is Alexander Pushman. Yep. I'm calling on XYZ. And I... I'm only doing it because I'm trying to help you. Exactly. And if you can't see that and you don't get that, that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to keep moving forward, but I have a job to do mm-hmm. and you have to value yourself, in my opinion, respect yourself and others will respect you, right? I agree with and that. And hold 100%. yourself high and other people will treat you the same because yeah. here's the reality, Phil, if you didn't respect yourself, how, how are you going to get mad when nobody else does? So, well, here's an interesting concept, right? So you, if you want to look at a great example of that, um, I think you can look at some of the sleaziest salespeople of all time. Those that pull Ponzi schemes, right? Pyramid schemes, right? Like uh, Jordan Belfer, right? <laughs> right? The, you know, uh, the wolf, wolf. Of, a wolf of Wall Street. And um, by the way, um, he's got a great sales training system. Yeah, he, he, he does. Called, I've never... It, I have it. I'll give it to you. I'd love that. Yeah, our, yeah. our friend Dylan Tent gave it to me. Okay. Um, but what's, what's interesting about it is after his um, time where he used sales to manipulate, Yeah. Um, he's now come back and taught people what not to do. So he's bringing it back. Sure. Around. Yeah, he's trying to fix you know his legacy. Yeah. But what I think is interesting about people like him and people who are able to pull off these mass delusions and deceptions is that from day one, they own it. They walk into a room, they command presence, right, from everybody else based on how they walk, how they talk, how they dress, their posture, right? So there's all these things that play into that. But you have to, like you said, value you before anybody will value. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I think we said in the beginning, but you got to believe in what you sell. Yeah. You know, that'd be my third thing. If if yeah. you don't believe in it, don't take the job well, because people, you're going to fail. But people will, 90% of the time or even more, I don't know what the exact statistic is, they're not buying the product, they're buying the salesperson. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. All I'm saying is like for me, right? I've taken yeah. jobs where I was selling something that I didn't really know much about and I didn't believe in. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, I can get by and I, yeah. you know, I'm agile, 
But when I was top performers, yeah. like, you know, I've been a top performer in four different industries. For sure. No and, need to brag there. And, and, but, you know, it's yeah, because yeah. I was believing in what I was selling. So right. I, could, I could look you in the eye and tell you, listen, I'm not selling you. You've told me what you need. I'm bringing a solution to the table. Yeah. Here it is. Right. right. And, but, it, but if you don't believe in it, you're never going to convey and it's not going to come across genuine. No, it's true. Because it's not genuine. You can't fake that. Right. And that's one thing but I've another, learned in another sales. Another point that you just made there, right, was they told you what they're looking for and you brought a solution to the table. That's good sales, right? right? I mean, that's just good sales. Yeah. So I, I do believe that even if you, if you're, you could be the greatest salesperson um, in the world as far as understanding somebody's problems and listening and providing the proper solution. And even if you don't have the self-worth part, you're probably going to, you know, score at least 40% of what you could have scored if you were more confident and you believed in yourself. But the moment that you take that self-worth to that next level, you'll double or more. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Right, and that's what a lot of these great sales coaches and trainers are talking about. Yeah, and and you know, here's one thing also, just random, you know, I'm, I'm off of my points, let's just start rocking and rolling, because let me ask you this, what do you think, because for instance, yeah. um, I, have, I have guys who I work with um, one very calm, laid back, yeah. right? And he's very successful in what he does. Yes. Um, and then I have other guys who are very like aggressive, hard closers, people would call them. Yeah. You know, and I see similarities in regard to performance and production across the board on how people do it differently. And I always think people, for some reason, when I talk to people who aren't in the sales arena or yeah. deal with it on a daily basis, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm. I'm not really talkative and I'm, I'm, I have a hard time doing hard, hard sales and, and cold yeah. calling and being a closer. You know, what are your thoughts on different personalities matching into sales, the, the big topic, you know? Yeah. So that's interesting. So, um, about, so this is even through my own sales career and I can give some insight. So four years ago when I got into money and finance, I would say that I was that hardcore, like hard closer i mean we have a system that was to the t you follow it and it it works the difference is is that the the personality running it so what i noticed is when i was that hardcore person um i would actually have a lot of sales my percentage of closing would go up but then the percentage of retraction of the sale retention and all that yeah so like you know like yeah i would maybe retain let's say, you know, let's say I went on 10 appointments, I would close like eight of them. And out of those eight, I would maybe keep like four, let's say, right? Because the only reason that they ended up moving forward was because they wanted to get rid of me. And you were slamming the door. Right. Like, yeah. so then here's how kids change as one, one a person, right? So <laughs> it softened me. So now um, I would say that my closing ratio is the same, if not higher. Number one, because I can just relate to people better. I've got more sympathy for people um, from the aspect of I can, you know, I can understand. Yeah. But then I'm also not as aggressive. Okay. I spend more time talking about them versus what I got going. But once I've done that, now they also value what I have to say because I've valued them. Now I've got great relationships with them. I get way more referrals, but on top of that, like, I think it's like 95% of my business sticks. 
And the only the 5% that hasn't is the 5% that gets declined. Yeah. So I mean, well, there you go. Yeah. You've improved yeah. through your you through know. scaling my personality back. But I, I think but also just, honing in on what you're good at. Yeah, I think I've honed it in, I guess, right? But and I, I don't know. I think it's just the evolution of who you are as an individual. Yeah. I think the older you get, the more you become who you naturally yeah. are, right? Whereas when you're younger, you you start to play and act like the person you think that you need to be in order to succeed. 100% agree. Right? Whereas I think if you just start owning who you are, yeah. again, back to your point, it's at that point, there's a shift that occurs. Oh, 100%. Right? So... Yeah, that's at least my experience. And and I and I'm with you because like I remember early on in my sales career, I, what did I do? You know, any place I've gone, any industry I've gone to, I go, who's the number one? And they'll point them out, and I go and shadow them, listen right. to them, watch them, talk to them. Hey, yep. what do you do? And then make it your own, right? You know what? Um, type. I don't want to say I don't want to classify them as a type of person, but um, what industry I've seen the best salespeople come from. If you were to guess, tell me. What industry? What industry or what what career path? Let's use that word. What career path do you think the best salespeople have ever come from? At least in my experience that I've seen. I, you know, that's that's hard. I, I I wouldn't know. If I had to put money on it, I would say... Um, I've got two, by the way. I think, you know, the auto industry or insurance would probably be the two. Interesting, right? So um, I've got two. The first is the military veterans yep right it's a great point here's why they're disciplined they're um you if you give as long and what oh i misunderstood the question yeah so, great point yeah so um is if, if you've got a sales position where the system is worked out to the t the sales process is you know worked out dude you give that to somebody who's in the military they oh, get it beast I, right? I would say the mormon community um, yes, I would say that. Yeah, then. So, if that, yeah, so, if that was now, I understand yeah, what you're so, talking about. Yeah, so so those um, I would say faith. Yes, I think the Mormon faith. Yeah, but they they talk about sales and everything very early on, and business is such a cornerstone of their of their faith. Um, at least through my experience of my friends who are Mormon. Yeah, but I, here's the job your career path where I've seen the most successful salespeople come from: engineering. Why do you say that? And that might I, I, can, I can get it because I just had a uh, one of my buddies. Yeah, works in the uh, for oil companies down in Texas. Yeah, and he he kills it, and he broke it down because he's very mathematical. So it's not like yeah. he's like this is your solution mathematically. Yeah. yeah. So as we know, math doesn't lie. But um, here's why I've noticed it. So what I think is interesting about people in engineering, they've got this. Um, so they've got something that helps them and can hurt them. Right. The first is. Um, and I can't say this that this is the same way for everybody, yeah. but at least the ones that I've experienced. Yeah, yeah. They've got a mentality of A to from to get from A to Z, you gotta go through the whole alphabet correctly. So that's something that can hurt you in sales because sometimes you have to be flexible. Yeah. However, it can also be their greatest gift. And here's why I say that. Because if they follow the process and something doesn't happen or there's an issue, now they're very good at taking notes pinpointing the solution and fixing it. Yeah. That's good what it point. is. Now, when I've talked to a lot of salespeople who were engineers in the past, their biggest challenge has been, well, you know, I don't know if I can do this because a lot of them are not necessarily the type of individuals who feel 
very are that they're very extroverted but dude that can be taught yeah do you want to know how you teach yourself how to be extroverted let's hear it okay grant cardone dropped this okay uh-huh. he's like hey if you want to get comfortable talking to people for the next 30 days commit to saying hello to everybody that you see throughout the day you walk by somebody say hello how are you sir right hello ma'am how's it going today do that with everybody very quickly will you become personable become second nature and you will not have a fear of talking to a stranger. Yeah. So I like it. No, I think, and, and it's easy, basic things. You know, you know, I like, you know, simple things like you're smiling. Yeah. You hold yourself accountable to smile. Huge, when you're, man. When you're talking to people, when you're making phone calls. Yeah. Silly things like that. Um, oh, I, I wanted to follow up on the Mormon comment. Yeah. Because this is good. No, this is good too. I agree so, with you. So when I, when I was working at the University of Phoenix <laughs> back in the day. Yes. We're in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. We're right in Phoenix downtown. Mm-hmm. L- love Arizona. Yeah. And a lot of people from Utah, from yeah. the LDS, you know, Latter-day Saints, Mormon Church, come yeah. down to Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are, like, if you go out to Gilbert, Arizona, and oh, yeah. some of these areas, I mean, there's just, boom. Yeah. Mormon communities. They got, they got like the a, Mormons, it, would it be, would it be a, would it be a tabernacle? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if, or is it just it's a, a, temple. A, a temple? It's I think a temple. It, you're right. Yeah. It is a temple. So anyway. I would go and I'd interview when I was a manager and my, uh, my boss at the time, he was a Mormon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I was like, dang, man, I'm looking down the list, like the top 10 guys in our department. Mm-hmm. I was like, like seven of them are Mormons. He's like, well, think about it, man. Mm-hmm. These guys have been selling religion in foreign countries, foreign cities yeah, well, part, since they're young. Well, yeah, that's part of the, and the faith, hard, right? And the hardest thing you can sell is what? Religion. religion yeah and, and like and especially a, a faith that's has been so skewed yeah due to yep. what society projects that it is which yeah. it actually isn't but no it's not um so my some great guys yeah. well, great yeah, so, guys yeah, yeah. There, so man. i've got a um a friend of mine um and ladies for that matter yeah i've got a friend of mine who he's uh he's mormon and he you know i think when you're 16 or something like that you have to go on mission yeah and they like send you to 16 or 17 or something. Yeah, like they that. send you to a random, you know, city across the world. And you go and, and you go door knocking yep. about yep. the LDS faith. Yep. And um, he set, I think, the all time record for recruiting the most people. <laughs> where, in, what, what country was he? He was in? in the United States. Okay. I don't remember where he was. I, I thought it was maybe Ohio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So, like, those guys from Ohio, man, you could. Yeah. You so could. <laughs> he, was, he was good, though, right? But. Um, the self-confidence and I, and again, it starts at childhood, right? Like we bring this back. So this is start early, they start early, right? And they build this, uh, a love for people into the religion, right? I mean, makes sense. Those individuals love people. Oh yeah. They're some of the hardest working individuals I know. Yeah. They make the most money, right? I'm, and, and all honesty, like I've been talking to my wife about hey if we were to move anywhere in the country like i would want to go to salt lake city it's gorgeous everybody's nice they might try to recruit you into their network marketing <laughs> company which is whatever um or into their church yeah but everybody i met there is nice they're excited about life there's an energy there they've got a and this is the craziest part right and i think you're probably going to go there next the next piece that they have that most people don't is the belief that good is going to happen to them positivity man yeah positivity but belief you're absolutely right like hey i'm doing something for the greater good and why would it not work out for me yeah yeah 
and boom, man, like they have those three pieces. And it's yeah, yeah. And just so everybody knows out there, the whole Mormon faith and people who are Mormon, they're not just people who go out there and have 20 wives. That is the no. biggest. That's like a sub hoax. That's like a, a, a subsect of a subsect of a subsect. Yeah. Like you got to yeah. educate yourself because I know, you know, we'll be putting this yeah. up and people be in the comments be like, no, yeah. you're wrong. Time out. Yeah. But yeah, to your point. No, I mean, when it comes to it. So like, think about this. All right. So start early. Yeah have confidence yeah right be and confident they're, and they're big on valuing family Valu- right? valuing yourself they yeah. believe in it yeah passionate believe don't sell something you're not passionate about yeah right emotional intelligence being prepared to be shut down because yeah. you know half of their their whole training is like hey listen you're going up to a stranger's door mm. you don't know yeah. and you're about to start talking about religion yeah. get ready well they also teach a, a sense of discipline yeah right because Number one, when you're on mission, you ride a bike. So physical fitness, Get being lean. healthy. Yeah. Um, on top of that, they've got a dress code. They create structure. Again, more discipline. And um, that's just such a foundational part. Like if you're in sales and you're not dressing the part, well, you're not going to sell well. Yeah. It's so funny. I was uh, okay. So the first. Let me just give you a little snapshot because it's it's really entitles everything you just said. Yeah. In my first six months at University of Phoenix, okay, I um, got so every six months we got a review there. Yeah. And my first six months, I got requires improvement, aka if you do it again, you're fired. Okay. okay? So yeah. so I could have been fired within like my seventh eighth month. Yeah. The reason I work for myself is because I kept getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> so so I get a requires improvement now okay. at the time. I'm 22 years old. Yeah. Wasn't taking it that serious. I was going out yeah. partying like four nights a week, not doing the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. So I took that and I said, all right, this is a, a, a defining moment for me. Yeah. And look, I'm still talking about today. I'm 34. Yeah. So what and I did. by the way, defining moments are moments that you decide are going to be defining moments. Yeah. I, and, I, and I said, this is a defining moment. I said, yeah. okay, no longer is that going to be the case. I'm going to, yeah. and I said, I'm going to beat the guy who's the best at the time. This is a funny story. The guy who actually got me to enroll at school there, because I was going to school there, mm-hmm. was a guy named Daniel White. Daniel is, yeah. if when he hears this, he's going to love it because he yeah. just said, oh, baby, if you knew Daniel. So Daniel yeah. was number one in the company. I think it was like, I'm not, not kidding you. I think there were 13,000 reps. Wow. In this position. Interesting. He okay. was like numero uno. Okay. Yeah. And we were on the old leads team. What does that mean? Mm. No inbound calls, and yeah. we had to make anywhere between 100 and 150 phone calls outbound a day. Yeah. So I get there. Six months requires improvement. Great. I'm going to get fired. Mm. And I said, I'm going to compete with Daniel every day. Okay. Because if I compete with him every day, that's going to put me in the conversation for the top 10 in the company. Exactly, yeah. First month didn't really happen, but okay. I did better. Yeah. Second month, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to compete with him. Are okay, you? here we go. Okay. Fast forward, man. Yeah. Six months later, right? I'm rocking and rolling. I think I got a 22% raise. Okay. Crazy. So right? this did, is this is back before. So like here's back. my question: What did they require improvement of? It was, you know, I won't go into too much detail, yeah. but it was, you know, getting referrals. Yes. Retention. So the students that you recruited would have to stay on. Right. And then how many, of course, you were getting per month. Yeah. And then there was like elements of your soft skills. You know, are you a team player? Are you helping sure. train other people? Yeah. Um, but anyway, my whole point to this is then fast forward six months beyond that. Yeah. I beat him. Ooh. I think I got number three 
and okay. he was number five, oh, baby, I let yeah. him have it. But my point being is I set a goal. Because yeah. without us setting goals, and that would probably be the biggest thing, mm-hmm. is wherever you put your bar, if your yeah. bar is, hey, I'm just going to do what I need to get by, yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're going to do what you need to get by. If you set a bar and say, I want to be number one in the company, yeah, go figure out who does it and start right. beating them, yeah. that's a key component in sales in my life, and that's life. Well, I it's think, the same thing in life. So now, I don't want to say devil's advocate, yeah. but I want to make sure that this is tangible for folks. I think if you're number 500 and out of 500 and you want to be number one, focus on beating 499 first, right? What, I don't know. I, I, I'd push with, back on that. No, I, well, here's the thing. I think you should have the target of beating number one. But before you beat number one, let's work on the first guy above you on the scoreboard. Let's beat him and him. And once you've beaten, you know what I mean? You got you to gotta know where you're going. There's a long play and a short play. Yes. The fact is, is that most people don't change overnight. It's very tough. And you can't, if you, if you set a goal to be beat that guy and you didn't do it your first month, but you didn't have that mindset of understanding, hey, this isn't gonna happen overnight. Well, you would have shot yourself in the foot and would have quit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those things you have to understand it. But also I think before you even get there, I think like you had said, you thought about a key component that most people very rarely think about, and that is who do you want to become? Yeah, right. absolutely. So I wrote my kids a letter this past, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, I wrote it on my birthday, posted it yesterday, but it was all about who do you want to become? And the question was, is are you happy? If the answer is yes, keep moving forward. If the answer is no, change. Yeah. But how do you become the person you truly want to become? I've got the easiest answer for you, okay? Visualize your dream life or where you want to be five years from now in that process and then figure out very simply, who is that person? How do they speak? How do they dress? Who are they spending time with? Like all these little factors of them. And what's awesome is you can already take those attributes today, implement them one at a time, collectively all together. But if you start acting like the person you want to be five years from now, it won't take five years to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's a great way to do it, right? Like, and it very much aligns with who you want to be, right? In that scenario, you wanted to be number one. And you just didn't look at it, and I'm just assuming, from, hey, I want to be number one, I want to beat him. But I'm sure that you've asked yourself, who do I have to become in order to be number one? Maybe I got to show up early, stay later, make one extra phone call, do all these little things well and up my game, right? Because if you get better 1% every day, that's 365% a year. Yeah. But if you know what the target is, now you can ask yourself, is this action helping me get there or pulling me away from it? Yeah, no. And and I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. What I'm thinking about when you say, hey, you know, focus on 499, there's a reality to that. Yeah. What I'm saying is for me in that moment when I said, you know what, this is who I'm going to be. I'm not going to get fired Yeah. for my first like corporate job. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a loser about this. I'm going to own this. Yeah. I'm going to take ownership of that. Hey, I, I was lazy yeah. and I partied too much and I almost lost my job and now I need to have a realization with myself yeah. and be focused. And, and to your point, I said in the first six months, all I got to do is compete with him. Yeah. On a daily basis. But yeah. with that being said, what did I do? I raised, and it was literally overnight transformation of my mental 
yeah progression where i was going i said okay i gotta do that every day yeah and it was literally because guess what i had bad routines i had bad habits right Every time I go do it, I'd look over at him. And if he was working, I was like, that son of a bitch, you know, like I got to keep grinding. Yeah. Because as much as it's one person at a time, Mm -hmm. they always say like, uh, I think I was watching, um, I'm not your guru by uh, Tony Robbins Robbins on Netflix. And he was saying most massive transformations take place in an instance. They do. Somebody finds out they have cancer. Yep. Boom, they change their lifestyle. They yeah. eat right. They start stop eating crap. They start working out, you yeah. know, and all these things. And so for me in that moment, it was. And and so maybe there's people out there who, guess what? You're going to wake up tomorrow and you got to make a change to your life. You do. Now, yeah. to your point, 1% every day. Yeah. It's being aware of And that's where the 499 came in. And it's being, right? a, yeah, and, and, and absolutely. And it's being aware of what your shortfalls are. And being aware of what you're trying to be yeah. and where you're trying to go, right? Because if you don't have a path, you're just going to be lost anyways, right? Yeah. So another thing that I think is important in sales from the aspect of growing into who you want to be in, as a salesperson or just in life in general, I think is honesty. Because if you can't admit where you are and who you are, because basically we're all lying to ourselves all the time, right? That's part of our subconscious game because we have to motivate ourselves to keep going. So um, there's, um, what is it? Pessimists and then there's- uh, Optimists. Optimists, yeah. So, you know, an optimist is always telling themselves what's right, right? Which I think a lot of people in sales are, right? And then a pessimist is always saying what's wrong. And what's cool about living is you get to choose where you live, right? And I'm just saying, I, I would always say be an optimist, even though you're somewhat tricking yourself a little bit. Um, I do think it allows you to have a better mental quality of life. Oh, yeah. But the challenge there is, is that if you do step into that, we, you do have the tendency to, when you are forced to look at yourself in the mirror and take a good hard look at the facts where you are versus where you want to be, you tend to think it, things are better than they are, but in order to have that real life-changing moment, you know, like if you're you know overweight, let's say, yeah, right, you got to say, well, it's not that bad. Like, <laughs> it's not that bad. You know, I'm gonna eat this meal and I'm just gonna have one more bite. Well, Zig Ziglar once said in an audio I listened to, well, I didn't get fat overnight. I did it one bite at a time. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Yeah. So it's just one of those things. Like, you got to be honest with yourself. In relation Face to the facts. Yeah. Face the facts. And and I was just thinking while you said that, um, the, the positivity, more you, you'd rather be an optimist than a pessimist, and I agree with that. Yeah. The three things I say whenever I start coaching a new team yes. is I, there's three things. And I, I won't even I won't hire somebody, I won't talk to you about sales unless you can you can agree to me on these three things. I say, yeah. here's the first thing. The first thing for me, I, I call them my cornerstones, but I got to find a fourth one. So that's in the works. Well, it could be a cornerstone of, of a, a pyramid. Exactly. Which is right. the most powerful there we shape go. out See, there. So, I, so first things first, yes. right? Communication. Okay. If we can't communicate verbal and nonverbal, mm-hmm. we're not going to be in a good place. Yeah. The prior to that is positivity. Yeah. I don't want people in my workspace who aren't positive. Because guess what? Yeah. You spend... 
subjectively sometimes more time with your coworkers and your sales team and your so much than your family. Yeah. So if I'm going to have somebody who's going to be negative, guess what? You're fired. It's yeah. e- it's that easy. That's yeah. the number one thing where I would just get rid of somebody. Yeah. I need you to be positive. Yeah. We need to be able to communicate verbal and nonverbal. Yes. And the the third, and I think this is the most controllable factor. Well, they're all controllable, which is why they're my foundations, yeah. but industriousness. You got to work hard. There's no easy way to do anything. Yeah. If you're not willing, and like you were saying earlier, when I kind of made that transformation from going to almost fired to you know top, yeah. top five in the company, was I would, every day, I'd get done with my calls, and yeah. I would make 20 more. Yeah. And then I started figuring out, well, if I stay here till eight o'clock at night, now yeah. granted, this was, I was 22 years yeah. old. I no didn't, responsibility. Yeah, I didn't no really have, so nothing, I, could, yeah. I could rock and roll, and I'd do that three nights a week. Yeah. Um, but hard work, positivity and communication yeah and i think those three things were those are like my things yeah so and i i think you know um positivity and communication could be there but if you're not doing the work there's a reason and and you got to ask yourself why yeah and a lot of the times it has to do with you're trying to do something that you're not excited about yeah yeah. Right. Absolutely. And the, the challenge, though, Al, for a lot of people who are listening to this, they're in a position where they have responsibilities that they, you know, they've got to show up for their family. They got to pay the bills, do all these things. So they can't just quit their job tomorrow. True. So at least my opinion is, is that if you're not getting that fulfillment for the hard work um, at your, you know, if you're not working hard at work, it's because you're not fulfilled. But if you're not getting that fulfillment at your job, you need to find that fulfillment somewhere else. Yeah. And you need to do something that does fulfill you. Yes. And then look at your job as a means to that fulfillment. And then at that point, you'll actually want to work hard. Yeah. You got to tie those things together somehow. Like, hey, I'm if I work hard here now, I'm able to enjoy my passion, whatever it is, so much more. And if I don't work harder, if I don't do these things, if you know these measurables aren't met, then you got to you got to punish yourself in a way like, hey, I, I can't do this today. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you have to have those response loops, and we can create them. Mm-hmm. And ninety nine percent of people listening to this probably just can't quit their job tomorrow. And say, hey, I'm gonna go follow my passion. Yeah. Doesn't work that way. No. Right. And, and you know this is and this is a great point. I had a conversation with a mentor of mine. He lives out in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And um. I was hiring. I was in a hiring phase and I was hiring salesmen. And I said, you know, what, what do you think about hiring a guy who you know you're only going to have for a couple months, but he's a rock star? Yeah. And he said, listen, Alex, he goes, if you have a shot at an A plus, yeah. you take the A plus for as long as you can have them. Okay. It's better than having a C minus for three years. Yeah. You, you know, get, take them when you can. And what I mean by that is also not only if you're a hiring guy, but if you're the one who's the C minus. Yeah recognize that if you want an A-plus job, guess what you got to do in your current spot? What is that? A-plus work, man. Yeah. If if you think, and, and this is the thing, because this goes back to like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, like you said, they're in a job that maybe they don't like or they're, they're in a rut or whatever that may be. Yeah. You got to put forth the effort yeah. in the job, become expert, become great at what you're currently doing, Mm -hmm. because then that's your standard. That's your bar. So when you do get a shot at another job, a promotion, whatever it is, you can look the hiring manager in the eye and say, listen, 
I'm a stud. I'm going to come in there and I'm going to rock and roll. And yeah. it comes from the bottom of your heart because that's what you're doing every day, even in a job you don't like. And yeah, and hard work is something you, you train yourself to do. Yeah. Right. Um, I also think that if you're a leader, you need to take the time to get to know your people and what they love to do outside of work. You know, I because, agree with that. Because um, if you can't talk to your team in a way that meets their needs and about what's important to them, because let's be real, water cooler talk exists. And what do most people talk about at the water cooler? Things that excite them. But if everybody's talking about what excites them, nobody's getting that fulfillment met. So if you're a team leader or a manager or an executive somewhere, get to know your people. What do they love to do? Talk about their kids, right? Because like you said, you spend so much time with these folks. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't get to know them outside of work. I think this myth of, you know, splitting, you know, work and your family life up, that can be dangerous because if you're, let's say, you know, um, you're a manager and you're managing somebody who has a newborn, right? Or whose wife is pregnant and, and you ask, and that guy then comes up to you and says, Hey, you know, can I, uh, you know, go sneak out early today or, you know, is this okay? And you don't understand their situation. Now you come off very selfishly and guess what? They're going to be selfish back at you. Man. Right. And they're not going to be committed to you, man. I right? seek, I, I say this, I say this with uh, one of my partners all the time. Mm -hmm. Seek to understand. Yes. What do I mean? You, the moment we make assumptions mm -hmm. without asking, yeah. we've done two things. We've made our assumptions and we've disrespected the person because guess what? We're going off of zero information or maybe a hunch you have, a gut feeling. But guess what? A lot of time that's wrong. It's easy as asking, hey, Phil, rather than me coming at you and saying, Phil, why didn't you reach out to so-and-so and da-da-da-da-da? Yeah. Say, hey, did you? How'd that Dude. go? Hey, Alex, I didn't do it. Okay, yeah. no problem. That's a different conversation yeah. than saying, hey, actually I did, but our CRM was down, so I couldn't put the note in. Yeah. So I actually got in touch with them and blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's seek to understand. Yeah. I would, rec I would very highly recommend that people listening take the time to understand communication. There's a lady um, who came to one of the Tony Robbins events that I went to called Leadership Academy. Her name's Jan Hargrave. And what she does is she um, was a body language expert for the FBI, nice. like hired in. And she would teach people based on how they're sitting, the movements that they make, um, as well as the tonality, how they write slanted, left slanted, right, straight up and down. Um, she could predict with like very in the high 90% accuracy if somebody was lying, okay? Like it's that's intense. It's intense. Um, so I think that's a foundational step. She's got some really good books, um, but they talk about body language, right? So communication, I think, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it's more nonverbal than it is verbal. I agree with that. Right, I think 20% um, or something is verbal than like, I don't know, something else. A little bit more is like um, tonality. And then, because you could say the most happy thing in the world, but say it in an angry voice, people yeah. think you're pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Right? I hate you, Phil, yeah, but I'm know. smiling. It doesn't exactly. sound the same. You exactly, know? right? I'd be like, I love you, Phil. Yeah, and then, and then body language is everything. So I think if you understand that first, and then at that point, you start understanding how to use words in a way 
that motivate, inspire, and pull greatness out of folks, at that point, your leadership style goes through the roof. But most importantly, your ability to be a master influencer. Because sales is absolutely not about persuading somebody to do something. I think sales in life, in business, is about being able to be an influencer in a way that pulls greatness out of people. Yeah, I agree. Because, and we need more of that today. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Um, another thing that I think is a key component is, is always fine-tune the yeah. sword, always fine-tune the torch. You know, it's like me personally, right? Yeah. I feel I'm pretty good. I'm constantly listening to audio, trying to read books, yeah. go through workshops. Um, I think it was three months ago, I, I got certified in behavioral analyst yeah. to where I could go in and-, and He's going to become a master and, manipulator. And, <laughs> but you know what it was, is yeah. it was, I'm able to- So let me, first off, why, yeah. why, why did you decide to go follow that path? Well, why was that important to you? For me, not only it was another credential that I felt was something that I could use mm-hmm. um, in my in my coaching, in my profession, in my personal life. Because mm-hmm. what it is is you're identifying behaviors, yes, and then helping different behavior styles. And if you've ever heard of the DISC assessment, yeah, right, I have. Um, basically, I can go in, do that, yeah, um, and then also debrief people on what it means, so they can understand how to better communicate with their coworkers, their leadership team. Yeah. And so it's very useful, but it's on a team unity, yeah. but also on a self. For sure. Yeah. You know, helping people because it's not like it's uh, me saying, hey, Phil, you're this. Yeah. You took the test and it's based on behaviors. Right. You know, and and but why I did that is one, I did it for the first reason. I like the credentials of it. You know, yeah. when you're coaching people and when you're getting into the coaching atmosphere, it's important that you do have some sturdy education on some topics, especially yeah. if you're talking to it. Mm-hmm. I could have all the experience in the world, but me going in, going through that training, taking that test, yeah. it really helped me fine tune my sword on that. Yeah. Um, the second thing is I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, one of the greatest it's passion things. Of yours. It's a passion of mine to help people get better, but also on that communication piece. Yeah. In any team, so like my niche, my brand right over the years as a, as a leader, a manager, a director in sales departments, in development or marketing, has I take a low-performing team and I'm able to turn it around. Okay. Now, early in my career, I didn't understand why. You were just going on gut? I was just doing what I'm doing. You yeah. know, like, hey, I'm just going to do what Sense I do. Um, most of the time, you know, I'd be able to keep 60 to 75% of the team intact. Now, that's tough. Yeah. Um, to just help people start performing. And what I went back to, it went back to two things. One, I'm not going to say, hey, I, uh, you know, Phil, you did this or you need to do that. I'm going to say, I observed this. Right. This is a trend I've watched you do. And yeah. I want to point it out because I want to help you. Because I think, you know, it's, but it's, what is it? It's communication. Right. It's observation of behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so when I started really fine tuning and understanding what it was, that's what got my interest. And when my former coach, who actually is the one who certified me, okay. uh, her name's Sherry, uh, ccgli.com mm-hmm. is the leadership institute I went through, and she runs and owns it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big 
a big eye opener for me because I didn't realize how much better I could get at it. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's taking something I understood a big part of who I am and what I've done in my profession and then seeing an opportunity to even get better at it. Yeah. Right. So for me, it was that, that opportunity to fine tune myself, you know? Um, so I'll give you something that I've a self-awareness with communication. So I was talking to my friend Ed about this while we were mountain biking the other day. And I was telling him how one of the tendencies I've, I've had, at least on the podcast, and I didn't realize it until we started doing the podcast. And I, I've learned so much about myself while doing this in my thoughts and so forth. But um, how I was swearing and setting it up in an interesting way, but then also apologizing after. So <laughs> I would, you know, I would, I would drop, like, I would swear and I'd be like, hey, excuse me for my French and then boom and then drop the hammer yeah right so and I was like man so I was trying to think like why am I doing this like I know that I don't want to do it but I'm doing it for impact and you know a lot of leaders do that use big words for impact and it is impactful but I want them to have impact and they don't have impact if you first say hey I'm setting myself up so don't take this too seriously. <laughs> then drop and then be like, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, so I was like, hey, I gotta, I'm, I'm gonna, this is what I told myself and Ed, I was gonna work on, I'm, hey, if I'm gonna swear, I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna own it. Own it, own it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is funny, because you've for never sure. told me this. this yeah, is so good. I'm gonna own it. Yeah. I'm not gonna apologize for it, but I'm also gonna do it less frequently. Because if you do it frequently, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. But if some guy who doesn't use those types of words and you don't a lot, you you don't you don't curse all that often. No, I don't. Except on the podcast, I started doing it more, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Joe Rogan does it, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, probably. And uh, that's You've been probably listening to Joe, man. Yeah, man. You, you become the average of the people you spend your time with or listen to. Um, so yeah, I, I realize that they swear often, and it's that's just the culture, and I like what they're doing. But the problem is, is that. I'm the type of person who would rather do it with tact, right? Be tactful in my communication so that if I were to do it, number one, people understand that's not the norm. So my, one of the things was, I was like, man, how many people have I turned off already? Mm, Good question. Because I did that and I wasn't consciously aware of it. And then what I also realized, right, from that conversation was that I was doing that not only on the podcast, but I was doing it way more frequently in my life than I really? realized. That's interesting. Yeah, and and again, the same type of, um, I would, I would say, you know, hey, excuse me for my French. I wouldn't apologize after, whereas on the, on the podcast, for some reason, I did, but I was doing it way more often than I would have liked, and I don't want that to be my brand. Yeah, I want my brand to be one where, hey, this individual has something very important to share with you, right? He's not going to waste your time and you better cling on to the words that he's saying. And then if I were to drop an F-bomb. You son of a... <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> no, think about it. Very similar, to, like very Tony Robbins-esque, right? Like he'll swear, but when he says it, it's done so tactfully yeah. that you listen. It yeah. breaks somebody's pattern because they're not used to that from you. It's true. And I want it to be 
you know, meaningful, if you're going to use it impactful, but I want to break people's pattern so that if they get into this hypnotic thought process while I'm talking or you're talking, I'm like, bam, bring you're right awake. Back out. Yeah. yeah. Bring them right back there. Yep. And that's the point. Okay. So, but yeah, man, I do. I learned so much about it. There's another point. Own it. Own Whatever it, you're doing you in sales, own it. own it. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. I like that. And you got to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I feel pretty good right now. Dude, How yeah, about me, you, man? Me too, man. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, yeah, I've got some cool stuff to share though. All right, let's real hear quick it. Let's about hear the it. podcast. Let's hear it. So thus far, we've done you know a good amount of episodes. I think we've got some really impactful content. Now we were talking about hey, what else could we do? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, you and I had somewhat talked about, but due to time constraints and so forth, um, you're not really able to take part in it all that often, but probably will is that we want to get other influencers on here to share their story, share where were they, where are they now, where do they want to be, how did that journey happen, what did they learn, what allowed them to keep going, and just get to know these folks and share that with you because there's so much impact. And, you know, we're just going to add some interviews to these, right, and throw them in between the episodes. Yep. So um, the first interview that we're doing, okay, is uh, I'm gonna be doing it later on this week. And by the way- Up I'm gonna, in Traverse City, right? In Traverse City, Michigan, yeah. But I'm gonna share with you how I did it, right? So again, everything is sales. You have to be willing to put your neck out there. Yep, you gotta be okay with a no. Yeah, okay with a no. So I messaged the top 10 people who I wanted to chat with on Instagram, right? I was like, hey, this is, I'd like to interview. This is a little bit about our podcast. This is the purpose. This is kind of who we're targeting. Um, I'd love to interview you, I'd be honored. Let me know, um, you know, what your availability is, right? I owned it. I was like, hey, let me know when you're available. I'm thinking these days. And I, want, I told all these people I want to do it in person, okay? So I messaged this guy. So for those of you who have not heard of this individual, um, his name is uh, Ben Max, but he is more commonly known on the internet as Thad Ranger, okay? Tell and, me a little bit about this Thad Ranger, yeah, so, Phil. Man, I'm like infatuated with this guy because I thought that he was real, right? <laughs> and t- like if he is, but it's a character that this comedian Ben plays. And so here's that, right? So about a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, he came out with this video about him um, going on the internet. Pretty funny, man. Yeah, so it's he, pretty funny he go- stuff. And we'll put a link in the in the in the bio or in the notes. But he goes on this. Um, website called adamandeve.com, which is obviously for most people who know it's an adult website where yeah. you can buy products. Yeah. And um, he's, it said, Hey, put your, uh, you know, info in for a free gift. So he gets this gift in the mail and uh, he thought that it was going to be a Bible, right? Adamandeve.com. You'd think, okay, that works. Yeah. Turns out it's not right. It's an adult toy. <laughs> and he makes this video of his reaction to it and freaking out. And, and it was just hilarious. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. Good so, stuff. but here's what's got me turned on about, no pun intended. <laughs> here's what's got me turned on about Ben. So I don't know him well. I know like he's a friend of a friend. He accepted my Facebook friend request a couple months back. I've messaged him a couple of times in general telling him how great his content is. But he was, he's a comedian. I don't know if he's got a, another job right now, but I know that he's a little bit older. I'm assuming somewhere from 40 to 50 something. And 
he does comedy. But I don't know too much more about him. But I do know that he was relatively unknown, okay, a couple months ago. But now he's, you know, got a bunch of followers. So let me just go to this guy's site and explain to you how many followers he has, okay? So he's got uh, roughly about 40, uh, some 43,000 likes, okay, on Facebook. And then if you go to his YouTube, okay? That's where the, I first saw it. And even before yeah. you were doing this, I saw that video. So when you brought it up to me, you're like, hey, yeah. do you remember this video? I was like, dude, I saw that. That dude's funny. Yeah, so on um, YouTube, right? And he makes very rudimentary, like simple videos. But he's got 1,500 subscribers, okay? So I just think it's funny, right? His videos have been viewed, you know, um, some of them a couple, you know, thousand times. But what's interesting is that's Thad Ranger's YouTube. But then you type in Ben Max, okay? And this is where it gets even more interesting. Um, he has uh, 22 subscribers, okay? So that's a pretty big difference even on YouTube from 22 to 1,500. To 1500. And subscribers are tough to get, man. Yeah, they're super hard you to get. You go to a guy who's got a million followers, they might might have 70,000. Yeah. You know, there's usually a 10% drop off there. Yeah, and a, and a lot of uh, fake profiles and stuff yeah. too. But so here's what I think is interesting and here's what I want to learn. Yeah, sorry, 90%. Yeah, so <laughs> my, um, yeah, and, and you're in finance. Yeah, watch Jesus. <laughs> so what I want to learn is I want to understand, number one, how long has he been doing this? Is this something new? Um, how'd you come up with the idea? Yeah, I'd love that. Right. And, and if he's been doing this for a while, like what the heck has kept him going? Yeah. Right. Because that's one of those, why things. do you do like, what you do? Why? Yeah. Right. And just get to know him and, and help him expand his reach. And I'd be curious where he wants to take this thing. And me too, man. That's I'm what I'm really, so, like, I'm, I'm excited so to hear what he says about that. Yeah. So we're doing the interview Thursday and then, um, you know, on top of that, we're going to, you know, actually, I'm going to the show. He's got a, like a little comedy show, uh, Thad Rangers. I think it's some kind of uh, a talent show, Great American Talent Show. Oh wow, that'll so, be. Yeah, you got to do some. You got to do some little footage of that. Yeah, deal. so that, it'll be fun. And um, I, you know, I just, I think it's cool, man, when people are, you know, up and coming. Like he's he's got more exposure than we do, mm -hmm. right? He's done more than we've done. Yeah, he's been doing sure. something consistently for a year or more. Yeah, and, he's, right? and dude, it's funny, and man. And it's good stuff, it's funny right? funny stuff, yeah. Like he talked about the flat earth, right? Like this theory of the earth being flat. And yeah. he's like, well, let's go explore. So he goes <laughs> outside, right? And I hope, I hope you guys go watch this video. But he's like, let's go figure out what the earth is like. He's like, well, it's round over here. But it's kind of flat right here, right? <laughs> and he just like kind of plays on these topics that we talk about in everyday life. Yeah. And he just pokes fun at him, but does it in a, what's, what I think is the most respectable about him is that he does it in a, in a way where any audience could watch it. He's not malicious. No, and it's not vulgar. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's not vulgar. He's not malicious about yeah. it. He has, it, it's playing with it and yeah. having some good good fun yeah so you know you know who, who knows like this will be very cool but he's the first yeah okay and then from there we've got some other people that we're currently talking to um some you know unknown people some unknown some known yeah you some very know. known yeah. um you know people who've been on have had a tv show and stuff so mm -hmm. this will be so cool and i'm so excited about this yeah and um you know i hope that you guys get excited about it too as time progresses and yeah but yeah, so that's one of the things. And um, just in general, I mean, 
I think that you and I are getting to a point where we're getting clear about what we want to do here. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's we're, fun, man. It's we've fun. been figuring it out. It's, yeah. You and know, it's not easy. Here's another thing with sales. It kind of goes back to if you don't shoot, you don't score. Try new things. Yeah. Try it. Yep. If, you, if you got something on your heart, go try it. Yeah. See what happens, you know, see where it ends up. I agree. So, um, you know, stay tuned. Yep. Keep listening. Plug in. Um, you know, I just share this with people. If you find value whatsoever, yes, tell one person the life the, cast, the man. power of one life. So, cast. um, and if we can improve, or if, if this has impacted you in any way, or if you have any questions, or you reach know somebody out you, to us. Yeah, if there's somebody you'd like us to interview, you know, yeah, um, if you want, let us know if you've done something cool, right? And and we could learn from you. Like I'm I'm interviewing people because I want to learn from them. Yep, and I'm just recording this so that I can share it with you. That's really what's going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, if we can learn from you, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Don't, don't hesitate. Reach out. Yeah. Um, that's what we're here for. You know, the whole, the whole goal is to help other people mm-hmm. and, uh, spread the love, spread the love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Hey, yeah, on that's, that a, note, that's man. another episode in the hatch. Spread the love. Spread the love. Yeah. Be kind to people, man. It's so important. As often as you can, as often as you can. All right. Out. Hey, thanks for listening for another great episode. Hey, Phil, I was just thinking about something. Where where can people find us at? Well, they can find us on the internet and on all social media platforms. Really? Yep. So talk to me about, what about Twitter? Where, what would that handle be? That would be at LifeCast Radio. Okay. What about Instagram? At LifeCast Radio. Facebook? At LifeCast Radio. Uh, what about YouTube? At LifeCast Radio. Al, it's the same for every single social media platform. Ah, okay. I appreciate that, Phil. I needed that clarity. For sure. Hey, us old folks, right? That's right. That's right. Us old folks. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Have an amazing day. And remember to live intentionally for excellence. LifeCast, baby.